wait, this is the remix. The legal lens is back at it again with Angela Red Eye Right. Go tell a friend. Unions in the labor movement, employment law, and doing the right thing. Reparations in COVID 19, voting rights. The insight is priceless. Can't be a late talk. You know we got Come it. Come on, let's go. Let's go. It's time for the legal in show. Come on, let's go. It's time for the legal in show. Come on, let's go. Let's go. It's time for the legal in show. Come on, let's go. Let's go. It's time for the legal lens. It's time for the legal lens. Mix. Go, 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 Happy Saturday, KBLA Talk 1580 listeners. Yes, it is time for the Legal Lens Show. Thank you, LaBreeze, for being my engineer today and getting us going with that jingle, which we love. This is the fourth and last weekend of February 2023, and you are tuned in to the KBLA Talk 1580 Legal Lens with Angela Redock Wright Show where we bring law to light each Saturday at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time and each Sunday at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We are broadcasting to you live from Lamert Park, USA, which is part of the famous Crenshaw District of Los Angeles. And right now we are having a blizzard, the first in many years, decades, in Los Angeles. Um, There's snow in parts of Los Angeles. The winds are howling. The rain is coming down. Fast and fierce, but here we are on KBLA Talk 1580, still coming to you live because you know what? We we come to you through storm and rain, hell, storm. Our ancestors they they did uh, came through much more, and so what the least we could do is to show up today and still to deliver to you great shows focusing on legal and policy issues, which we are doing today. You can follow us, KBLA Talk 1580, on all socials throughout the week. And here are other great shows and hosts. Um, They have amazing lineups throughout the week. So you definitely want to check them out. And you can follow me on all socials at I am Angela Redock Wright to hear about our upcoming shows, to hear what else we're doing in the legal community and the policy community, and to share with us your feedback and your comments about the show and recommendations for future shows. That is at I am Angela Redock Wright on Instagram and Facebook. You can listen to us, KBLA Talk 1580 anywhere on the go at any time by downloading our app. Um, Or you can just simply tell Alexa to play KBLA Talk 1580 if you're listening from home or on the go. Um, And if you're just old school and you like your radio, of course, you can turn to your AM dial and listen to us on your 1580 AM dial. And we would love for you to give us a call today. We have a great show lined up for you. Our power lines are lit up. So give us a call if you want to talk more about judges, the court system, and any questions you might have about um, being a jury or party or litigant in court. Today is your day to speak to a judge um, live and in person, one of the best in L.A., you can give us a call at 1-800-920-1580. That's 1-800-920-1580. So, and in fact, if you could go ahead and call a family or friend or neighbor, tell them to tune in. This show is just for them. This month, we've been celebrating Black History Month all month, and we're closing it out today. 
Um, and one of the ways we've highlighted um, Black history and Black excellence is by doing a series on judges and our court system. And we've been fortunate to have three great, four great judges. One is America's TV favorite judge, uh, one of America's TV favorite judges, um, Judge Maybelline Ephraim. She helped us to kick the month off. And then we've had um, Judge Rupert Bursong and Judge Roderick Shelton, who are both um, judges with the Superior Court System, along with Judge Patricia Titus last week. And today we're closing out this part of the series. We're gonna come back with our judicial series um, in another month or so where we're going to focus on the federal court system and some of the other um, court systems um, so that you get the full gamut of what it means to be a judge, the role of judges, and our court system um, at every level. But today, closing out our focus on the state court system, we have none other than my very good friend, the Honorable Kevin Brazil, who is a judge with the Los Angeles Superior Court System and formerly the presiding judge of the Los Angeles Superior Court um, just a couple years ago, right in the middle of COVID. So I definitely look forward to talking to him about that. Judge Brazil, are you on the line this early Saturday morning? Hello, Angela. Yes, I am. How are you? I am great, and I love the energy in your voice. And you know what? The energy I'm hearing through the phone, it represents the energy that you have whenever I run into you. You're always just so positive, so energetic, and just such a light um, in our legal system. So I'm so happy to have you on this morning. So how's your the blizzard treating you and your family? You know, it's not too bad. I live in Mount Washington, so we got some flash flooding up here. So I think I'm going to be home for most of the day. So it's nice to have you to talk to. Yes, and your line is coming through great. So thank you so much. I'm glad your lines aren't out with the storms and the rains. So Judge... Yeah, I'm hope- I got my cell phone on the side just in case. Okay, good, good, good. So so we'll see. When we come forward in our next segment, I'll more formally introduce you. But just to help us close out this this portion of our introduction, as I mentioned, we are celebrating Black History Month. We, you know, I'm a believer that Black history is always in Black. We see Black excellence in so many forms on a regular basis, and you certainly are representative of that. But just for our listeners, a little snippet: What does Black History Month mean for you? You know, it's just a celebration and a recognition of who we are, what we've done, how far we've come, and the role models that we've had. I mean, I look back and we celebrate the people who basically I stand on their shoulders today, being a judge and having been the former presiding judge. And it gives me a sense of pride to know that we have such a rich, rich history that we've done so much, that we're there for one another, that we can celebrate the success of you and women and just everyone. So it's it's meaningful. And it for for us as African Americans it's important for us to teach our children and the world what we mean to the society and to our country and to our world, the contributions we've made and the important things that we will do in the future. And our goals our dreams, all of that is expressed in, in Black History Month. 
Indeed. And I love what you said, um, acknowledging that we stand on the shoulders of so many who've come before us. And um, I thank you for being here. Looking forward to our conversations. Invite our listeners to stay tuned as we come forward. We are speaking to Judge Kevin Brazil of the Los Angeles Superior Courts. You don't want to miss this conversation. In fact, give us a call at 1-800-920-1580. Coming forward, stay tuned. Yes, yes, and that is none other than the great Patti LaBelle with her song, When You've Been Blessed. We like to start our shows off with a little devotional. I grew up in the Baptist church, and we always start church with devotional. Uh-oh, LaBreeze is giving me a, a, a hallelujah and a wave there in the, in the engineering booth. Thank you, LaBreeze. Uh, La I'm feeling that song as well. And that artist, Patti LaBelle, was actually recommended to us by our guest this morning, Judge Kevin Brazil. We always ask our guests who are some of their favorite artists and songs. And he said, Patti LaBelle. So what a perfect song and artist to start off with. And throughout the show today, we'll be playing some of Judge Brazil's um, favorite artists. So Judge Brazil, are you feeling blessed this morning? I am. Thank you so much. Yeah. I love Lisa Patty LaBelle. <laughs> yes, yes. And she puts on a great, great concert. Um, but let me, we introduced you in the uh, first segment. Let me just formally introduce you to our, our guest today. Um, we truly have excellence um, with us on the call today. And that's in the form of none other than Judge Kevin Brazil. He is a judge with the Los Angeles Superior Court. He's been on the bench since 2000, December 2002, and he was appointed by then Governor Gray Davis. He's been on the bench for over 20 years, um, presiding both over civil cases as well as criminal cases and felony jury trials. He Prior to that, he had 18 years of successful um, experience and high-profile litigation experience with the Los Angeles County Counsel's Office. So that, just to put that in perspective, that's the attorney's office that represents the Los Angeles County Board of Supervisors and Los Angeles County as a whole. And they also, that office most recently helped to facilitate um, the sale of Bruce Beach back to the Bruce um, family. So um, that just gives you some insight as to the significance of the Los Angeles County Counsel's Office. And that's where our judge um, spent many, many years. Um, in his time on the bench, he has presided over approximately 80 jury trials, as well as approximately 90 non-jury trials in civil and criminal cases. And when he was with the Los Angeles County County Counsel's Office, he had over 21 civil jury trials and six non-jury civil trials. So one of the reasons that attorneys sometimes will go and work for a government office, because you can get such great trial experience, which you don't always get in private practice. So kudos to you, um, Judge Brazil for just an excellent history and record. And I'd also just like to highlight that you served as the presiding judge for Los Angeles County Superior Court System from January 1, 2019 to December 31, 2020, right in the heart of the start of COVID. Wow. So I definitely want to talk to you about that. Um, but before we jump into what you're currently doing and your time as presiding judge, I always like to um, give our listeners some insights about our guests in terms of, you know, how did they get started? What was your path to becoming an attorney and a judge? Give us a little insight about your background. 
So I was born and raised here in, in L.A., mm-hmm. and my parents actually came to California from New Orleans uh, with my siblings and went to high school locally here, Culver City High School, mm-hmm. and then I went to West Los Angeles Community College oh. where I got my AA degree in 1977. So <laughs> Let's do a shout-out for community colleges. I'm a big fan, so good. that's yes. nice to know oh, I mean, about your background. Coming out of, co- out of high school, I did not have the best grades mm. or the best commitment, so Junior college was the only option, and West L.A. was close to where I lived, and I got great support from the staff and the professors there. And then I went on to UCLA, where I did my undergraduate work. I graduated in 1980 from UCLA with a degree in um, political science, Mm -hmm. and I graduated cum laude with honors. And then in 1980. I started UCLA Law School, where I graduated in 1983. Go Bruins. And, and I, yes, go Bruins. I'm a double Bruin. Proud of yes, that. Yes. And so I became a lawyer in 1984, and I worked for the county council's office, as you indicated earlier, for about 18 years, and then I became a judge in, in 2002. So I'm just an L.A. native, happy to represent UCLA, happy to be from Los Angeles. My whole family is here. Still have some family in New Orleans. Right. My parents were. But, um, and I believe you, your your son is following in your footsteps, right? He's Is he a law yes. student still, or he's he's now an attorney? He's, he graduated from law school in 2015. He's now a lawyer with the county council's office. Oh, wonderful, work. wonderful. So definitely following in your footsteps. Is, went to that other school, USC, <laughs> law school. Right. I couldn't steer to UCLA. So, you know, when they play football, it's kind of like, okay. Right, right. You know. Think about it. I think about it. You know, we all can't be Bruins. I, I don't know if you recall, I went to UCLA law school as well. So it's only for the select few, right? <laughs> but, okay. But Tell if you have to it. go That's somewhere else, USC like is a great school. <laughs> yeah, I tried to convince him, but he was he was sold on the Trojans, so I said, okay. Yes, yes. <laughs> so um, w- what's interesting about your story is you said in high school you didn't have the best grades, right? So sometimes in our society, if a student's not quite on track or honor student, we kind of count them out, or they may even count themselves out as not being yeah. – you know, qualified to go on and do something like become a lawyer? Like what, what clicked for you? Was it um, someone in community college that said, okay, get it together now? Or, you know, what was that moment where you said, okay. Oh, it was, yeah, interesting question because when I was in high school, I was really heavily into sports. I played football, I played basketball, I ran track. So I thought I was going to be playing for the L.A. Rams one year. Oh, well. I'm going to be a professional football player. But then I realized I wasn't big enough, I wasn't fast enough, and I didn't have the best vision. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of <laughs> out. Right. And so when I left Cobra City High School, I kind of had the distinction, I tell people this, of graduating with the lowest GPA. Oh, my. Not the highest GPA, the lowest GPA. Are you serious? I in the whole class? In the whole class. I didn't know if I was going to get a diploma. Wow. Uh, I was like, okay, we'll see if there's a diploma in this little um, container. Right. You (laughs) you walk across the stage. I'm like, oh, 
this is the flow we here. Okay, I made it. <laughs> good, good. And so the only option was West Los Angeles Community College, close to home. And when I got there, they really kind of embraced me. And the thing that got me motivated is they said, look, if you do your two years here, you can go to a UCLA or USC. You can go on to a four-year college mm-hmm. and have two years out of the way. Right. So that, to me, I was sold. Right, right. And I still am in touch with the folks over at West Los Angeles Community College. Last year, I was fortunate enough to be part of the commencement address. Oh, wonderful. And to, yeah, and I got to talk to the students, the graduating students, about my experience and what the school did for me. And so I'm a big fan of West Los Angeles Community College and their programs and everything they do to help. And, and I'm a product of their success. Yes, so yes. Well, it goes back a ways, but they're still doing it today. Right, right. Well, what an amazing success story. And I'm definitely going to share that with young people that I run into and say, you know, here's an, an example. If, if someone like um, Judge Brazil could do it, you could do it also. So let's talk about... Um, you, the Los Angeles Superior Court System, our our last three shows have been focusing on the state or the Superior Court System, um, how it works, um, where different judges fit into the system. Give our um, listeners an overview of the Los Angeles Superior Courts and the significance of, of this particular court system in the country. So basically, it is the largest trial court system in the state, in the nation, and we believe in the world. There are about 580 bench officers, about 510 judges, over 70 commissioners. We've got about 600 courtrooms in 37 different courthouses. So our court makes up about anywhere from 30% to 33% of the trial courts in the state. Mm. And we have a budget of about a billion dollars. Wow. We've got about 4,800 employees. And we're divided up into about five divisions, criminal, civil, family law, probate, juvenile dependency. And we've got 12 districts throughout the county. And as you know, L.A. County has got more than 10 million people, 4,700 square miles, so it's big. We're Mm -hmm, huge. mm -hmm. So everything about our court, when we're compared to the other 57 trial courts in the state, is just scale. We're just so much bigger than all the other courts. So, right. for example, the next biggest court to L.A., I believe, is either Orange County or San Diego, and they've got about 140, maybe 150 judges, I'm not sure, approximately. Mm. And we're t- three times their size. Right. right. Three times their size. And about, so, oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was going to say, about how many cases are filed in the L.A. Superior Court system each year? On average. So each year, and I, I, the numbers I'm going to give you are from the fiscal year 21 22. So mm-hmm. the fiscal year starts July 1st of every year and June 30th of the following year. So from going back from 21 to 22, over 1.2 million, million cases were filed in LA County. Wow. And those are civil cases? Those are all total civil, oh. criminal. Um, traffic, the, the largest number of cases filed, people might be surprised, mm-hmm. the largest number of cases filed in the county are traffic. Oh, interesting. <laughs> Things well, of that nature, over 700,000 
in the last fiscal I guess that would make sense with all the cars <laughs> and traffic in our LA's on our LA streets. Um, so the average judge carries a load of about how many cases, or it, it probably I depends on which area they're overseeing. Depends on which area exactly. Mm-hmm. So I'm in civil. So I'm in what's called an independent calendar court mm-hmm. where I do civil trials, mm-hmm. and I have a caseload of about 700. Wow. And just in Moss, where I'm at, Stanley Moss Courthouse, there's a little over, I want to say about 40-some-odd IC courts, and the average caseload is about 700. So just kind of mm-hmm. start doing the math, and you realize, wow, you know, we handle a lot of cases. You do. And Got a lot of great, I mean, for civil, for example, the caseload is a probably around 120,000 total cases in the county. Mm-hmm. And uh, for criminal cases, it's, it's over 100,000. Right. So we, we do a lot of work, a lot of business. Right, right. And so with 700 cases, well, tell what's your courtroom staff like? What's the average courtroom staff like for each judge sure. on so the civil me, side or independent calendar on side? civil side. So I have um, one clerk, and I have a court attendant mm-hmm. who are fantastic. I have to give a shout-out to Erica and Carmen. I could not do my job without them. And the majority of our cases are employment cases, employment discrimination, mm-hmm. wrongful hiring, wrongful termination, personal injury, You know, whether it be a car accident, a slip and fall. Uh, we also have a lot of what we call lemon law cases where somebody's car is um, hasn't been repaired, and they bring it in. And then we have a lot of what we call breach of contract business disputes mm-hmm. of all kinds that we handle. And then we do some commercial evictions, not the residentials, but commercial where it's a business and they've been at a location for years. Mm-hmm. Uh, generally, the jurisdictional amount of the cases I hear is over 25000 So anything over 25000 and above comes to my court. Right. And that's a good point, oh, Judge. I, I want to pause there, right? So Sure. Um so there's small claims court, which I think the limit right. for small claims is $10,000 or less, right? Correct. And then so there's something in between small claims and your court, which is the independent calendar court for 25,000 or over, called an unlimited jurisdiction court or do, do some right. judges So there's Okay, go ahead. You had it. There's a small claims jurisdictions about ten. Then there's what's called limited civil courts. Mm-hmm. We only have a couple of those, and those are cases twenty five thousand or less civil. Mm-hmm. And then we have what's called unlimited jurisdiction civil cases, which is what I handle, where the, the value of the case is twenty five thousand or more. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just recently had a trial where the jury awarded a particular person over five million dollars. Mm-hmm. That was a business. Okay. So there's no limit on what the jury can award. Okay. And then on the limited civil cases, I know in small claims you can't have an attorney represent you. Um, are, can you have an attorney in limited civil cases under $25,000? In limited civil cases, yes. Okay. You have a lawyer. Okay. And most sides do have lawyers in limited civil. And, again, those cases are usually a, like a breach of contract, maybe a small business dispute, um, some dispute between like landowners like mm-hmm. oftentimes you'll see that neighbors will be fighting over a fence or something sometimes it move the fence or you've damaged my property as mm-hmm. long as it's under twenty five thousand, it can be brought in limited civil court okay oftentimes those cases wind up in small claims though 
Right, right. Well, um, we have Judge Kevin Brazil on the line with us today as uh, he's a judge with the Los Angeles Superior Courts. He is giving us um, real insights about the court system, how it works, um, the significance of Los Angeles Superior Court in the big court system in the entire country. Um, you don't want to miss this show. These are gems of information that we really wouldn't get anywhere else. So stay tuned. Um, we'll continue our conversation with Judge Kevin Brazil when we come forward. Thank you for continuing with us on KBLA Talk 1580s. That is Boys to Men, Water Run Dry, and Boys to Men is another favorite of our guest today, Judge Kevin Brazil from our Los Angeles Superior Courts. Um, Judge Brazil, thank you again for joining us today and for all the insights, uh, insights and inside information you've given us about the court system and how it works. Um, you served as presiding judge um, from 2019 to 2020. Um, and during that time, it was right in the heart of COVID starting and the stay-at-home orders being issued. Tell our listeners, what does it mean to be presiding judge of the Los Angeles Superior Court System? So I was the first African-American presiding judge of the LA Superior Court. So when, congratulations. That, mm -hmm. Yeah, so with that came a little bit more of a responsibility to set a good example, to do the job right. Because when you're the first African-American, you get a little bit more scrutiny. Right. So, and when the pandemic hit, which was something we had never dealt with before, um, it was about managing the safety. I mean, obviously, our, our number one goal is always equal access to justice and making sure that everyone has justice, fairness, that they can get to the court, that they can get access to our services. But interestingly enough, when the pandemic hit, Safety became our top priority. Mm -hmm. As you know, people wearing face masks and hand sanitizers all over the courts and uh, people doing COVID testing, taking temperatures. So managing a court of our size with something, a pandemic we had never dealt before, was probably the most immense challenge that I've ever had. Mm -hmm. But I was fortunate because I had such a great team. We put together a, a COVID-19 work group. And I was the chair, and my good friend Eric Taylor, who was the assistant presiding judge at the time, who later became presiding judge after me, he was part of that group. Also African-American. Also right? African-American. Mm -hmm. uh, my good buddy, who was kind of brought up right over there in the jungle near Lamert Park. Oh, wow. So I have to have him on, too. Always got to out to him. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we just had a great group on our work group uh, in terms of judges. We had Sam Oda. We had... Huey Cotton, we had Ann Jones. It was just so many judges who were there to support me. Right. And that's kind of how we got through it mm -hmm. because I needed a team of people. It was all about teamwork. Right. And looking out to the various divisions of our court, and our court is so talented. And I just had to tap into the talent, and everybody was so gracious and so giving of their time and putting forth the effort. And we're the biggest shift there is. Mm -hmm. So to turn us around, to do things differently, took some time. We had a great CEO, Sherry Carter, who's now retired. She was just amazing. Mm -hmm. And one of the things we did with, when the pandemic is we had to institute remote technology. Right. Because we knew we had to get people out of the courthouses because of the likelihood of catching COVID. The more people, the more close you are the spread of COVID was a danger. So 
turning over to the remote technology and developing that was really probably one of the keys to keeping our court functioning and operating. And we instituted a system called LA Court Connect, which we, we still have today. And we instituted that in April of 2020. And I remember we rolled it out in about 90 days, mm-hmm. even though we had planned to roll it out over two years. Right. But when the pandemic hit, it was, well, we don't have time. We've got to get this out, up and running. And there were about 600 courtrooms that needed remote technology. And we did that in a period of just a few months instead of two years. Right, right. And that was probably in terms of what COVID meant to our court and to the community is really enhancing and implementing remote technology, which is a huge difference. And there's no going back. I mean, remote technology is here to stay. We have e-filing, we have remote, we have electronic court records. Very seldom, we used to always have court files, as you remember back in the day. Yes, you would now, be the law, the young associate or law clerk or paralegal going to the court to grab the file or take take notes right. from the court file, right? right. <laughs> I remember those days. Right. Going to, without the hard file, going through all those papers, now it's all electronic. Mm-hmm. So we were implementing that during COVID when it broke out in 2020. Right. So it was one of those tasks. It's like, okay, we've never had to do this before, but we're going to do it. And we're going to find a way. And I was able to lean on so many people, judges, staff, even presiding judges from other counties, because they were all facing the pandemic like I was. Right. So right. it was good that I could reach out to my other presiding judge colleagues throughout the state. And we would talk. We had a listserv, and we would explore ideas talk about how did you solve this, how did you solve that. So all the other presiding judges, all the other 57 throughout the state, we had this bond where we were all in this together and we were all about helping each other and collaboration. Right, that's great to know. Yeah, yeah, and one of the biggest keys was our justice partners, the DA's office, the Mm -hmm. public defender's office, the city attorney's office, and the bar association. They were just incredible and so supportive of our efforts to make sure that we maintain equal access to justice. We had to shift our focus to making sure that essential time-sensitive services were provided, for example, in criminal. We had to keep that going because you've got statutory constitutional deadlines for arraignments, preliminary hearings, trials. So we had to keep that going, and that was hard because we had to institute a lot of it remotely, and we still had to do trials Mm -hmm. or continue trials in the state, the court. Supreme Justice gave me emergency powers where I could basically say, these are the only things we're going to do. We're going to delay other things. But we also had to communicate that to the bar and to the public to say, this is what we can provide, and this is how we're going to provide it. So our court website, the developing the website, was critical because a lot of times, how could we communicate to people? Because the best way to do it was through our court website and put all, a lot of information there, and if you go on our court website today, you'll see just all kinds of services are available online. So and, the, and the court the website addresses www. Uh, you, you just log in to LA Superior Court. Mm-hmm. All right, just type in on your computer, Los Angeles Superior Court, it'll come up. LA Superior Court, I think it's lacourt.org. And you t- click on that and all kinds of services are right there. Right, and right. Whether you need self-help, whether you need information about filing, forms, things of that nature, a lot of great information is on our court website. Let me ask you, in terms of the remote 
technology. Um, on as you said, you you all kind of triage what was important um, in the heart of COVID. So let's look at our criminal side. What what happened? How did you deliver on? the criminal cases during COVID and what's the status now is are most criminal cases still being done remotely? Are they back in person? What does that look so, like? During COVID, say when COVID broke out, it was really March of 2020. Right. And so what we did is we were doing remote arraignments. Mm-hmm. We were doing remote preliminary hearings, although you needed the defendant's consent. It was a constitutional requirement that the defendant had to consent. So we did that, and then we were still doing in-person hearings, too, mm-hmm. for prelims and arraignments. However, we had emergency powers, or I, as the presiding judge at the time, I got emergency powers from the chief justice mm-hmm. to suspend the time for bringing criminal cases to trial. Okay. Generally, it's 30 to 60 days, so we were able to suspend that period of time for an additional 30, 45 days, depending. Okay. And we would have to go back every 30 days to get these extensions. Right. So we had to do that for quite a while, getting these emergency orders so we could extend the time to hear criminal matters, which we did. Civil matters, we just kind of put on hold in terms of trial. Right. We do now, that's argument. had a substantial impact, right, on the civil... Right, that has a substantial impact. But mm-hmm. we had to keep open family law matters, say, for example, domestic violence restraining orders, because those were, you know, people were at risk, so we had to make sure we were still doing those, and we did, and we had to reduce staff, so we went from about, we reduced our court to about 20% of its capacity Mm. during COVID Mm -hmm. that first year, because we were just providing just the basic essential services where there was some kind of statutory or constitutional deadline in play. Right. And everything else we just extended or delayed. Now, that created some backlogs. So over the last couple of years, we gradually have been working through the backlogs. And we've done a great job. Judge Taylor is presiding judge. And our new presiding judge, Samantha Jessner, I mean, they're doing a great job of getting us through this backlog. Because I think it's still there, not as bad as it was, obviously, in 21 or 22. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I know they have a plan for addressing the backlog this year because we're trying a lot more cases now. You know, right. I'm in a trial. And in-person trials are going really well. Remote trials, some counties have done remote trials. Hold that thought, uh, Judge Brazil. We're just we're going to take a quick commercial sure. break here and we'll come forward and continue our conversation with Judge Kevin Brazil. Another favorite of our guest today, the great Whitney Houston with the greatest love of all. We are speaking with Judge Kevin Brazil, a judge with the Los Angeles Superior Court, former presiding judge in the midst of COVID. He was just giving, telling us all that the court did to um, uh, to keep justice going, as he said, in the midst of COVID. And it advanced the courts and he led this effort, uh, remote technology and other services to make it easier to deliver justice. So Judge Brazil, you stated that um, on the civil side, you're seeing many more trials or in-person trials. Folks are wanting to go to trial. Do you think lawyers and their clients are just antsy and they're wanting to get back in the court system after being remote for the last few years? Up until oh, the last couple years, we really couldn't get a lot of civil trials out. So during my time in 2020, we did very few civil trials. Now, and all of those cases were delayed. And as you know, generally you have to have a civil case tried within five years. 
So we have a lot of cases which are coming up on the five-year deadline, so we're trying to make sure we try all those cases so they don't get dismissed. And there was just a backlog of civil trials that resulted from the pandemic, and we're working our way through that backlog. Okay. How long does it take the average case now to get through, get to trial? So generally, if you file a case right now, it's only going to take you on average about 18 to 24 months to get to trial. Sometimes less, sometimes more. I mean, certain cases have what's called preference, Mm -hmm. statutory preference. So those get to trial faster, as soon as 120 days maybe. And we make sure that we meet the five-year, which is the statutory deadline for civil cases Mm -hmm. to be heard. And sometimes, though, the lawyers... Because they have a they have a backlog too, right? So they're not ready to try the case. So mm. A lot of times, we're ready, and the lawyers are not ready. So we have to continue the case, right? Or an alternative is mediation, right? And the courts instituted and, some great that, mediation programs. Say, <laughs> the mediation is so helpful to our court because ninety ninety five percent of the cases settle, and with the number of cases we have, I have seven hundred. There's no way I could do seven hundred trials, right? Right. Five not possible just do the, the math so the mediation services are so so helpful and i know there's a lot of services out there uh, i know you're one of those people who just do a, an amazing job thank you and thank you. it's a critical part of the system right the right some needs call it adr services alternative dispute resolution but it's critical to have those services available to our court and as you know we make a lot of referrals to these programs or to mediation services so that they can resolve cases. And we have a lot of great neutrals like yourself and retired judges who are working hard every single day to resolve cases. So we are very proud of them. We partner with them. We support them. It's all a a team effort. They're part of our our justice. And just for our listeners who may not be as familiar with um, ADR services or mediation services, there's private mediation, which is what I do. Um, but the court also has some mediation programs that um, counsel and their clients can access um, pro bono, right? Correct. Um, yeah. So we have for personal injury cases, we have a panel uh, of, of lawyers from some of the bar groups right. who resolve cases. We also have... I believe it's four dedicated trial judges who just do settlements right. for mediation. Right. And those are free. And the mediation program, we work with the bar organizations, that's free. There's obviously private bar organizations that are available to people. So there's a lot of services. And we try to, as a court, we just want to facilitate it. If right. So people want it. A, we want to get the message out. You're listening to the all-new Weekend Lineup of enlightening, encouraging, and empowering talk shows. Apologize, Judge Brazil, for that little hiccup no there. No um, I also wanted to mention the Resolve LA Mediation Program for employment cases. So that's another way um, counsel and their clients can access um, opportunities to mediate their cases um, in yeah, lieu of going to trial. We are going right. to continue when we come forward. Thank you, Judge Brazil. And we're, you're going to help us close out with advice to our listeners for appearing in court okay. and any other services you want to share from the court system. 
Helping to close us out today, that's Earth, Wind, and Fire, Shining Star, another favorite group of our judge. Today, Judge Kevin Brazil has been on with us for the last hour and has shared um, amazing information and insights about the Los Angeles Superior Court System, the largest trial court system in the country. Judge Brazil, um, such amazing information. What what would you like to share about the court system for our listeners? These are um, community folks that may appear as or come to your to the court system as jurors, as litigants, as parties. What advice or other info, insights would you like to give our listeners about LA Superior Court? So our court is here to help you and to support you, and we want to provide equal access to justice. Get your matters resolved. We've got a great website where you can get a lot of information online about what we provide and how you can get your case heard. And we also have self-help centers, and we haven't talked much about that. Yeah, we have a couple of minutes. Tell us a little bit more about those, because I do get a lot of calls from people about things like that. Right. So a lot of times we have these self-help centers open where you can come in and say, this is the problem, I've been served with something, I want to file a lawsuit, and they will help you to either file it or to respond to it. We have a group that's called Justice Corps, and these are usually college students, some of whom go on to law school, and they're basically volunteers to help out in our self-help centers, and we have them in most of our courthouses. So oftentimes the court system, if you're not familiar with it, can be confusing, can be intimidating. You're thinking, what do I do? Where do I go? Well, we have resources to help you. And the self-help centers are part of that. Also, there are another resource is the L.A. County Law Library. Mm. They have a lot of self-help services, okay. and we try to work in cooperation with them to make sure that someone who's low income or who can't afford a lawyer can get some kind of legal assistance or help. So, I mean, I think for our court, when we talk about providing equal access to justice, that's where the self-help comes in, because if you can't afford to get justice, then that's a problem. Right. You don't have equal access. So our court, the L.A. County Law Library, the Los Angeles County Bar Association, they offer services to people for free to help them manage their cases and to find out what they need to do and how to do it. So that is so critical. And to your listeners, you know, our court is there for you and to help you, and it's your court because we serve the people of L.A. County. Right. So one of the things that I wanted to leave everybody with is, if you need help, don't be afraid to ask questions. Go online. If you don't have a computer, go to a county law library, go to a church, because oftentimes people don't have access or even come to the courthouse and we'll give you access to a computer terminal. So there's a lot of ways to find out what you need to do and how to do it. And I always stress to people who, if you're representing yourself, the most important thing is to show up. You don't want to miss your court appearance. Mm. You can't make it. Let the court know in advance why you can't make it. Um, because oftentimes if you don't show up, the matter proceeds and you're, you're not being heard. Your voice oftentimes won't get heard if you don't rep- appear. Right, so it's right. always show up and, and to be on time. Remember, civility is, is important because it, it is the court system that works and everybody's going to get a chance to be heard. So whenever I have a case, you know, there's always two sides. So it's important for me as a judge to make sure I hear both sides. Right, right. Both sides get an opportunity to be heard. You may not be happy with the outcome <laughs> because somebody's going to win, somebody's going to lose. Right, right. As long as I've given everybody a fair opportunity to be heard, 
and then I have to exercise my judgment and make a decision, then I've, I've made my, my job is done. I'm, yes, I'm yes. I'm the umpire calling balls and strikes. And but I have to give everybody their, their fair opportunity to be heard and to present their case. And that's yes, and that is what we ask for from our judges. Um, give us access to justice, an opportunity to be heard. And we just thank you so much for your service and all that you've done for our court system and for the legal community. Judge Kevin Brazil, Los Angeles Superior Court, thank you so much for joining us this morning on The Legal Lens Show. Up next, we have Talk Tech to Me with Cassie Betts. You don't want to miss her show. And then we ask you and invite you to tune in again next weekend for The Legal Lens Show, where we are kicking off Women's History Month. And we have two guests that I'm so excited about, Mayor Karen Bass, Mayor of Los Angeles. We're going to talk about her first 100 days in office and also another amazing leader in our state, California Secretary of State Shirley Weber. Please tune in for that show. Until then, I leave you with the words of attorney and former U.S. Congresswoman Barbara Jordan, who had a birthday this week in heaven. Um, She said, what the people want is very simple. They want an America as good as it's promised. Thank you for those words, um, Congresswoman Jordan. Until next time, remember to smile, show love and kindness to someone. We all need it. The world needs more love and kindness. Signing off, this is Angela Redock-Wright with The Legal Lens Show on KBLA Talk 1580. KBLA 1580 Santa Monica.